Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, well, what do you want to do? Live in a world without beached whales? Come on. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you can put all the masseuses out of a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. I'll take mine out just in case. Dude. <laughs> oh, sorry, dude. That's okay. That's okay. I can forgive you. Welcome to the Lore Boys, the uh, demons in the sack and demons of the podcasting universe. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. Uh, with me today is... James the Heck Miller. James the Heck Miller and... And Peter O'Donoghue. <laughs> uh, and by our powers combined, we are the Lore Boys, the internet's number one fake history podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Um, fans of the show will know that we have an Easter egg in each of our titles that tells you exactly what the episode is about. Uh, so for the observant listeners, they'll know that this is about the Oberiths, a demon of the Dungeons and Dragons uh, canon. And this request comes directly from one of our listeners from our Discord. Um, Moonring21 requested this one, so thanks for that. If you guys want to suggest your own topics for us to talk about on the show, you can head to our Discord to suggest them or send us an email. Uh, we are hoarding emails right now, but we will still read them and do your suggestions. If they tickle our fancy, like this one did tickle mine. How's it going? Some of them, if you go to the Patreon, I think you can like force our hand and make us do an episode on something, right? You yeah. guys, I will say to yeah. our patron listeners out there, you guys are under underutilizing the... Uh, the patreon because if you guys post something to us or reply to something to us then like i will feel so morally obligated to do that thing because we <laughs> we don't we do have a patreon patreon.com slash the lore boys for all the the new listeners who are interested in supporting us i'll tell you right now we don't really fulfill the promises that we lay out there all the time but uh we do our we do our gosh darn best okay um so we poke. We Please post. no, well, no, not 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 Kingdom Hearts. We can't. <laughs> yeah, and then they're just like our, our slave drivers. Yeah. They they can make us do it. Just like walk into the Lore Boys front, like the front door of the shop at the Lore Boys, and then just like flip the sign to close to lock it. Just like <laughs> do Vampire Hunter D. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I will say the um the lore request channel in our Discord is a blessing and a curse, and it's a curse because we get like. 17 requests different requests a week and it's like well we have we could never hope to keep up with the rate of these new requests coming in but at the same time that's really nice because it lets us kind of pick and choose where i could say like oh, i want to do the Oberth one and that's one of the 17 requests that came in kind of recently yeah exactly it's just because we do one a week it's just like guys it's 52 episodes a year and christmas it's yeah. just like <laughs> it's like three days in you're just like what like what do you expect us to do we're gonna do this till 2026 like i hope so but like <laughs> we will uh thank you so much to everybody who's sent suggestions we love seeing them we love reading them i'm sorry if we haven't done yours yet but i promise it's on a list somewhere it's in a it's on a post-it note stuck to the side of somebody's refrigerator uh on the show yeah 
I put all my posters up on Jamie's back when he's asleep, and then uh, he's got a nice little he's got a nice little like shell, like an armadillo. More <laughs> <Yeah>. yeah. <laughs> suggestion posted. Yeah. He's uh he's like a turtle, so he can't reach his back, and he can't actually pull any of them off to view them himself. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we just but we I'd just be lost without them, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the sound they make in the wind. Uh, <laughs> I sound like a, a tree in late November. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're doing Dungeons and Dragons lore, more Dungeons and Dragons lore. Uh, you don't have to have listened to any of our other episodes to get what's going on in this one. Uh, but I will say we do have other Dungeons and Dragons episodes. If you like this one, you'll probably like those ones. You'll probably like our Magic the Gathering episodes. And hell, you'll probably like all the stuff that we do because it's all pretty fantasy nerd shit, right? Yeah. Uh, so in the older episodes we had recast Ethan. He's played by a different actor, but uh, I mean, he, the, the the old guy is still pretty consistent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he didn't have my my panache. He didn't have my charm. He did. He was much prettier. He did look way way better than me. But uh, you know, I I get by on my on my smarts, on my wits, and on my uh, colossal dong. Uh, I, I'm just gonna come out and say it. Uh, so yeah, I thought you were going for the rhyme there, but I guess yeah, not. me too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, you set you set you set them up, and then you pull the rug out from under them. Okay, that's uh, comedy. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. We've talked a bit about it, uh, but in like a ton of different forms. So we've done Spelljammer, which was like second edition, traveling the phlogiston between dimensions. We've done uh, the history of Eber Toril, which is the world of the Forgotten Realms, which is the probably the most canonized setting of Dungeons and Dragons. So it's the Sword Coast, uh, it's Waterdeep, it's Baldur's Gate, it's Candlekeep, it's uh, a lot of the things or a lot of the D and D that you know probably comes from Forgotten Realms. So we're going to be talking about Oberiths, and we're going to be talking to a, a larger extent a bit about just demons in general. Uh, and kind of the difference between demons and devils. Um, but Oberus, the Oberus that we're talking about and all the canon that we're talking about is specifically for the Forgotten Realms. So if I was, if I had an Oberith in my Dungeons and Dragons campaign that was set in the Spelljammer universe, it wouldn't necessarily have the same history that a Forgotten Realms Oberith has because uh, they're kind of like parallel stories told in different universes, if you will. Okay. Which one is the Dan Brown version? Yeah. Realms. <laughs> is, uh, so Tom Hanks was an Oberith in the Da Vinci Code. You should. Oh, okay. Okay, I see. Okay. They yeah. draw power from their mullet. Yeah, S- Silas was uh, <laughs> a Yugoloth, but we'll get into what what that is. So. Is Silas the albino in that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, the flagellator. Yeah. yeah. The flagellant. Yeah. Flagellant, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like he has to fart. <laughs> it's flatulent. <laughs> so uh let's jump into it, huh? Oberiths. What the heck are they? Uh demons. Yeah, they're an eldritch race of demons, no less. So ancient that they predate mortal life and even the existence of the gods. So uh they've been around for a while. 
Gone are these guys a precursor, an antecedent, or a forerunner? Which, which dictionary are we running with here? Or are which we, synonym? Uh, they'd be precursor, which were before the forerunners, right? And right. That, <laughs> and that, for for all the new listeners who are who just love Dungeons and Dragons and are confused, listen to our Halo Flood episode to know what yeah. the hell we're talking about there. Which yeah. is last week, so. Or just check synonyms for before in the dictionary. That works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's all of sure. Halo lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get a get a get a thesaurus and look up look up before in it, and then yeah. you have Halo lore. Uh, Find the cool version of a boring word, and there you go. You've written Halo <laughs> fan fiction. Uh, so though the Oberith race teetered on the brink of exist exist extinction, excuse me, also on the brink of existence, if you think about it. Uh, enough varieties had survived the downfall of their kind to paint a dreadful picture of the sort of shapes they once took. Their abominable forms were utterly alien and bore nearly no resemblance to modern mortal life, closer as they were to basal organisms such as insects and cephalopods. So they're demons. They take... Each one is kind of unique. Um, okay, cool. Demons uh, in the Dungeons & Dragons world come from uh, chaos and... and you guys are familiar with the alignment table. I know not intimately familiar with it, but you kind of know of its existence. But for listeners at home, there's basically nine alignments in D&D uh, where it's kind of like a, uh, a plane with two axes where it's law and uh, order versus chaos and then good versus evil, right? Uh, so they fall at the bottom right of the table, which is chaotic evil. Um, okay. They are, uh, they're bad. They, they have very selfish motives. But they also act very unpredictably, uh, whereas devils, kind of their counterpart, are evil, but also very lawful. Uh, we'll get into them a wow. bit more. Won't talk about devils so okay. much, but what you need to know about demons is they're they're spawned from chaos. We'll we'll get to why this is pretty much going to be the um, the kickoff of demons in the Forgotten Realms lore. Uh, kind okay. of all, all starts with these Oberiths. Uh, and they, when they manifest so that we can see them, they take on like the forms of the creepiest animals that people would recognize, basically. So whatever they used to look like, we only kind of make similarities between gross animals that we that the Forgotten Realms people have in their world already, right? Like you said, cephalopods and insects, so like squids and snails and bugs and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much thought was actually given to the creation of, like, these stories. And obviously, you know, D&D's been around since the 60s. So, you know, almost, almost 60, 70 years of writing has probably contributed to a lot of different origins in that sense. Um, right. I think the fact that insects and cephalopods tend to be, you know, hardy creatures that, that are kind of very prevalent in the oceans and on land respectively i think it could just as easily be said like oh they evolved to those forms because those forms are good at surviving are good at you know thriving in in a multitude of environments in chaos um they don't need mu- you don't need much to keep a cockroach alive right right yeah they're protected by a shell of post-it notes that <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> the ultimate defense hey! the ultimate defense against <laughs> <Not> angry <you. laughs> the, the ultimate defense against angry podcast listeners who are upset that you haven't done their lore yet <laughs> no no look it's on it's on jamie's back <laughs> Pete, pete's so kind tattooed like memento <laughs> yeah pete's so kind he puts post-it notes i use a i just use pieces of paper and attack oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the oberus uh are you know these kind of foreign alien alien forms i say they 
uh, look like insects and cephalopods, but they're they're really just closer to in a lot of senses. That like none of them is like I'm the octopus demon. It's just like hey, this demon has tentacles. That kind of reminds me of an octopus, right? Okay, and yeah. a movie I saw once. Uh, <laughs> however, they're mo- they're more than just visually revolting. Uh, the revulsion of their appearances invokes uh, the revulsion that their appearances invoked surpassed matters of mere subjective taste. More than ugly, the forms of the Oberus were simply wrong. Their noxious vileness transcending to the ranks of fact. The atrociousness extended beyond visual appearance to every aspect of their existence. Everything from the sounds they made to the foul odors odors they exuded to the taste they left in one's mouth was an appalling affront to the senses. Um, So just kind of being near one would leave like a a terrible taste in your mouth, stinging the back of your throat, and it'd probably be like acrid to your nose. Okay. They're unshowered. They cut up their hot dogs and eat them with a fork. Just like (laughs) absolutely (laughs) terrible to be around. Yeah. Yeah. They ate their pizzas out of the tub covered in ants. Uh, <laughs> uh, so far, you've compared me to a cockroach and a demon. I'm not no, liking no. it. <laughs> no, no. We said, we said you've designed your defense system around the hardy cockroach. Noblest of, of Mother Earth's creatures. Um, okay, dude. <laughs> We're uh, for life, I hear. <laughs> So as demons, the Oberus were cruel creatures of great malevolence. Like I said, they're evil. In the absence of outside threats, they had spent much of their time in power infighting, making war with each other and conducting political schemes for power. Decadence and depravity were commonplace during their time of dominion. So that's kind of what they look like, what you guys can envision while we're talking about them. And now we're going to kind of jump into a bit more about devils and demons and the uh, the forgotten middle child, the Yugoloths. Um and then we'll get into kind of the history of the uh, Oberus and how they kind of came to, uh, quote unquote, our world being the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, I, I, pull, I Jamie pulled up the clip, some of these uh, Oberus here, and they are quite uh, awful looking. They are just a mess of different kind of insect and fish parts. Yeah, I mean, they're they're demons. They're chaotic. They're, they're not yep. pleasant to look at. This uh, one is just, it looks like a kind of like a pine cone covered in eyes with three legs and like pincers on it. It's awful. It's cool, but you know this. This one looks like a podcaster with a bunch of post-it notes on his back. That's weird. <laughs> hey, dude! <laughs> <God damn it>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, demons in the Forgotten Realms canon uh, are juxtaposed with devils, like I said before. Um, two forces of inherent evil. They don't like each other. Uh, devils and demons have been at war for countless in immortal immortal time like forever demons and devils have waged war where demons want to destroy everything and devils want to control everything uh, right yeah i think i remember you talking about this as an, in an older episode at some point where devils make deals with people whereas demons are just destructive like uncontrollable monsters right yeah exactly so devils are like evil in its most litigious form um, yeah, and and demons are are just chaos. They're uh, unrefined, un, unbridled forms of evil, essentially. Yeah, demons like sue people for having a smash tournament, whereas like demons will uh, I don't know, just like pirate things, basically. Yeah, so I would love to do a, like a, a longer episode on kind of these subjects. We go a bit into the um, into the Oberiths because that's what I, I promised I would do and kind of how they establish themselves in this universe. So I didn't have enough time to go more in depth than that, but there's an ongoing conflict between the devils and the demons called the blood war where uh, 
the demons have been invading hell forever, essentially. Okay. And the reason devils make contracts with humans is because they need their souls to to use as soldiers in the blood war, essentially. So the sure. devils, whereas before they might have tried to conquer mortals by might on their own, but they kind of stand opposed to good deities and good gods, right? Yeah. Uh, who would want their followers to be free and all, and all this stuff. Uh, the people only have to die because of the chaos and order battling forever. Uh, I mean, people, I mean, humans wage their own wars as well. Pe- people were bound to die either way. It's just the, like, devils will send imps uh, up into the material plane to, like, be like, hey, dude, like, I know your landlord's, your landlord sucks. They'll appear as, like, a crow or, like, a raven on their on their windowsill right after, like, a landlord visits a peasant and is like, you didn't produce enough turnips this spring. I'm going to, you know, take your house from you, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, a raven will appear on their windowsill and be like, hey, dude, your landlord sucks. You want gold? I can get you gold, buddy. All you need to do is sign this piece of paper and it'll be some, like, some piece of obscure legalese that is, like, way too complex for a peasant who can't read to understand. Yeah. So, so he will, <laughs> you know, he'll mark it with his ex. And then when he dies, and devils can be patient because they're immortal beings, uh, when he dies, his soul won't go to, you know, the after. Uh, if he's he, if he's devout, there there's a chance that he goes to, like, a good deity. But usually they just go to kind of, like, a limbo space. Uh, okay. Instead, his soul, because he pledged it to this demon, will go to, or to this devil, excuse me, will go to the devil that that imp served. Right. And All in the effort to get a slightly better turnip harvest next season. Exactly, exactly. Or, Not worth it, man. Yeah, or just mitigate the effects of the poor turnip, turnip harvest last season, you know what I mean? Like, right. He might still get kicked out of his house next season and then die from that, which just speeds it for the devil. <laughs> um, all bad people. Suffice to say, both evil, evil in different ways, and they hate each other for that. One's wearing a suit, and like evil comes in many forms. One wears a suit, and one is covered in eyes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's an easy easy way to tell them apart, but don't trust either one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the eyes, uh, all the better to see you with, my dear. Uh, <laughs> said the demon before trying to just destroy everything. While the uh, <laughs> It's like a devil walks into a car dealership and you know is trying to make an offer. Uh, to buy the car dealership from the owner, um, knowing specifically that the owner's in like a particularly bad situation and he could just give him a small loan and get the guy back on his feet. But he's like, no, no, I put you in this weird situation. I'm the mafia, so I'm going to now buy your your dealership from you and own your life. Uh, Demon walks into a car dealership and just starts smashing stuff, just breaks yeah. win- win- <laughs> windows on cars and you know ripping doors off hinges, things like that. A demon, a devil, and a duck walk into a bar. <laughs> uh, I don't have a follow-up. <laughs> uh, the the devil the devil turns to the duck and says, "Like, hey, you got the bill, right?" Um, Ooh, nice. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the demon's pissing on a table. Uh, I was gonna say. Meanwhile, the over is just covered yeah. in bills, just like <laughs> mouth, duck mouths everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so, man, you got to keep that duck on a coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> positioned between the two are Yugoloths. Okay. Be- beings of pure evil with time for neither law, order, nor SVU. <laughs> so uh, on the... Uh, on the alignment, uh, the alignment chart that I had mentioned, there's a, a left and right. So left is law, right is chaos. 
uh, and there's a, an up and down, right? And up is good, down is evil. Uh, okay. Yugoloths are, are dead center, so they're neither lawful nor chaotic, uh, but they are they are pure evil. They're neutral, uh, neutral evil? Neutral evil is the, okay. the gamer term, the gamer right. girl okay. term for it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yugoloths are incredibly old. By a lot of accounts, they're older than demons or devils. Uh, it's thought by a lot of people that they might be the progenitors of both the devils and demons. So like in their kind of scheming evil ways, they happen to produce these devils who tended towards lawful and another Yugoloth might've produced these demons who tended toward evil. Like their existence kind of balanced their own demonic like spectrum, basically where you've got the lawful evil, the chaotic evil, and then they are neutral in the middle where they kind of pushed something to like more extremes basically yeah so the yugoloths uh, their whole goal their whole shtick is they're looking for their their search they're trying to obtain perfection and um you know the writer's way out of this has always been well their i their idea of what they're doing is not evil they don't you know they don't see themselves as evil they see themselves as working towards a goal and right. you know that that mortals find that evil is you know mortals business not their business um that said pretty objectively awful in a ton of ways so i don't know if it really excuses their behavior but uh it's like a very mortal opinion uh ethan <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know <laughs> you should listen to this podcast that i found on the dark web that explains <laughs> everything in from their perspective yeah yeah why the yugoloths will actually lead us to salvation and, and <laughs> the yugoloths are going to drain the swamp you know Buy gold. <laughs> yeah, buy gold. <laughs> uh, it's the only stable currency. Uh, Yugoloth, fun fact about them, you can usually tell a Yugoloth by their subrace. So, like, there's no race in D&D that's, like, demon. There's, you know, subclasses, and there's no race that's devil. There's subclasses. So, like, a Rakshasa is a devil. You know, they're all fiends, uh, and then they have the sub the subclass devil yugoloth or demon and then they have a sub subclass which is like their actual specific creature type or name or something imp is a devil and a fiend um okay but imp is not a demon but it is a fiend right um, it's like the on wikipedia when you google something it's like kingdom genus and what not exactly. like for for different animals exactly. and what? okay they're all fiends uh and then they kind of split once and then they split like a million times after that right Right. Uh, a turtle is a lizard in a rock. Exactly. <laughs> you get a turtle when you have uh, yeah. a an Ekans and you give it a rock stone. You get a turtle. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so uh, you can usually tell, fun fact, you can usually tell a Yugoloth subrace by the fact that they all end in Loth. So there's like Arcanoloth, Mesoloth, and that's how you know that it's a Yugoloth. Which They're we, not even trying. Which just means it's neutral, usually. Okay, Dude, what's a sloth? <laughs> oh, da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Yugoloth are... like Digimon, though, right? Like, you've got like... Agumon, Gabumon, like hey. that's the that's the identifier of the species. Mecha Garuruloth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that bunny with guns. You can tell that he's a Digimon because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Arcanoloths are actually very cute. They're like bipedal foxes, essentially, that love magic. So they're they're always pictured like 
it's like a fox with spectacles carrying like a bunch of scrolls and books like you'd never you'd never imagine it as evil but if that doesn't give you your furry awakening i don't know what does i think that's <laughs> that's that's the evil that's the evil that they bring into oh, this that's world. the evil that's, evil. <laughs> that's <Gotcha>. it yeah <laughs> organizing conventions <laughs> uh so yeah yugoloths are known as the ultimate schemers more so than devils um they, and and again the what they're scheming towards is this perfect perfection which you know by our standards is is pretty evil but they're they're just searching for for that perfection okay um so it's thought that they may have created the demons but exactly the how and, and why the first demons took place uh is obviously a mystery uh to sages and to us alike um Certain texts, uh, most of which are like older than than recorded history, because uh, it's a magic fantasy world. So obviously, there's ancient tomes from before writing was invented. Uh, claim that both the Oberus uh, and a range of ancient Baetorians, which are a type of Yugoloth, were spawned by the fiends. Uh, oh no, sorry, Baetorians are ancient demons. Were spawned by the fiends known as Banerloths, which you can guess are Yugoloths because it ends in Loth, right? Yeah. Uh. Obviously, a uh, contested theory. This seems to be something that a lot of Yugoloths claim is that, yeah, we we made them too, you know? Like, that, that was oh, us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just because they're the oldest doesn't mean that they're always right, dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, why don't we just go straight to the source and ask an Oberinth itself where, where they came from, huh? Okay. Yeah. Do we know one? There's 12 recorded surviving... Um, Oberinths. We're not going to go into all of them. I'm going to talk about one of them because uh, I thought he was the the most interesting ones I saw. I I thought about doing the thing where I just list all the names and the characteristics of each of them, but uh, I decided against it. If you guys want to hear it, let me know, and I I can do it on a future episode maybe. Uh, Beckard, the rotting husk, is an Oberith lord who is deposed by devils at some point. He takes a form similar to a whale and lived in a place called the Seeping Wood which was eventually transformed by the devil Azale into a scorching desert, leaving him beached on an outcrop of rocks. That's kind of cool. Beckard was an immense lord of decay and obsolescence that resembled a knotted whale. Formerly the lord of tempests with perfect weather control, he had been beached on his own deviant shores by, by the outside forces of Azale. He endured for millennia unmoving, dying painfully in the death dells under the hot sun as he involuntarily injured himself with ferocious wind and acid rain. Uh, uh, so he's... I mean... He's hes like a rotted, like a beached whale carcass that is still, yeah. still sentient, but has been a beached whale carcass for untold millennia and is just slowly going insane. And he's the Lord of Tempest, so he can control the weather, and he keeps trying to call rain to like rehydrate his skin but all the rain in the realm has been turned to acid rain by like the pollution and destruction wrought by the devils so he oh just, my god he just summons he keeps forgetting and summons acid rain and uh, then just slowly peels off his skin and is like i shouldn't ugh. do that anymore imagine like, the smell <laughs> oh yeah i was just thinking he's just like waiting for someone with some dumbass with a bunch of dynamite to try and blow him up like they did with that other whale carcass <laughs> have you seen those videos uh i never watch them. i know they exist but uh i'm very squeamish with like guts and stuff so yeah i never watch them did you say rotted or knotted whale a knotted whale does he need a massage yeah, oh he yeah. needs a massage <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> okay he okay. needs some uh small asian ladies to stand on his massive whale back 
But their little feet keep sinking into his fetid yeah, flesh and yeah, they keep getting stuck. Pun- just punching <laughs> through the whale oh, flesh. <laughs> but no, there's, so there is one that's not that gross because this like little English town like somewhere in the UK was just like, oh, well, we have enough dynamite in town to blow up a whale. But they obviously didn't do the math properly <laughs> and just fucking atomized the thing. And some guy's car got hit with like a 40 kilo chunk of blubber like a kilometer away. <laughs> Christ. And it's, it's like, like the Halifax explosion, but all meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if I read that one or another one, but like there's so many tales of like, yeah, we're going to blow it up. And then it's just like you're just spraying rotting whale carcass all over your town and all over your yeah. beach. Like, yeah, it was concentrated before it stunk. Sure. But just don't go near it. But uh, yeah, the best place to store old whale meat, I think, is inside a dead whale. It's kind of made for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or the ocean. I mean, the ocean kind of big. Uh, yeah, all those crabs will eat it. They know how to deal with rot- with uh, <laughs> deteriorating whale meat. <laughs> uh, so if you were to approach old Beckard now, you know, clothespin over your nose, uh, and ask him about the Oberus, uh, he was known or is known to wax melancholic about the good old days. Though he retains only a small piece of his once vast mind, he has been known to mention that the Oberus abandoned a race of fiendish creators before migrating to the abyss, and to the cosmos as we know it now. Um, so regardless of any Yugoloth involvement or lack thereof, the oldest legends of the Oberus cast their race as being one beyond the multiverse itself. Uh, so if the Yugoloths did create them, they somehow created them in a- another cosmos. And I don't mean another plane, because in uh, Dungeons & Dragons, and we have talked about this on another episode, but... Uh, there's essentially the material plane where, you know, humans are born, elves are born, dwarves are born, etc. And then there's all these other planes that kind of surround it. There's the inner planes. So there's the material plane, the Shadowfell, and the Feywild. There's this, like, inner ring of planes, which kind of directly surround that. Then there's these outer planes, which are kind of, like, more chaotic and more um, untamed, let's say. So okay. primordial primordial forces, chaos itself, like all those things kind of exist in the outer planes. And these things came from beyond all of that. So like an entirely different universe, essentially. Okay. So they're not... I, I, I do hate making the low-hanging fruit references. They're not necessarily D&D's Lovecraft, right? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so... I, I don't see many parallels besides, you know, okay. some of them resembling fish in some ways. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I'm sure they were inspired by Lovecraft and, uh, you know, Cthulhu mythos to some extent. But they have they have transcended that by now, at least, where yeah. I think D&D is a big enough canon, if not bigger almost than Lovecraft in a lot of ways, uh, if not as old. Um, yeah. But they, they definitely kind of stand on their own as kind of this opposing force to devils more than they are this kind of like weird Cthulhu mythos thing. Okay, good. Yeah. And it's not that their goals are, you know, so vast and so incomprehensible that human mortal minds could never understand them. It's like, no, they just want to destroy shit. They want to just They, they just like everything. leave a bad taste in your mouth. They don't make you go crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some, of some, some of them can make you go crazy, but it's usually because they can cast a, you know, a canonized spell in the D&D mythos that makes you go crazy. Right. Uh, so according to legend, the Oberus had been despicable lords of evil incarnate long before mortal life forms and even the deities they worshipped had come to exist, but not in the reality they eventually found themselves in. 
They were the masters of a forgotten realm past the cosmos, the name of their ancient domain having been lost to time. Beings of pure destruction, the vile fiends had destroyed their universe, draining the dimension of life and power to feed their dark hunger and turning whatever it once was into a decaying world of crumbling ruins. So they come from another realm, which they destroyed. They, uh, you know, writing was on the wall. Greenhouse gas emissions were destroying their universe. And they're like, we're not going to stop burning coal. God damn it. We need it. Um, so got to keep beefing whales. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? Live in a world without beached whales? Come on. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> And put all the masseuses out of a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the dynamite guys. <laughs> uh, uh, so the Oberus were not unaware of their unlimited uh, of their limited amount of time. Excuse me, um, but like I said before, they were kind of prone to infighting, like a lot of chaotic beings of pure destruction tend to be. They you know short sighted, if you will. You know, global conflicts continue to rage, even though a uh, you know a global threat loomed ever present have you guys ever tried to like arbitrate a divorce between a hurricane and a tornado it's fucking impossible <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you, you, you cannot get those two in the same room together it's ridiculous i want the barn well i want the cows damn it <laughs> if you are going to open up a uh a mediation an arbitration center for those kind of divorces you're going to want to do it in kansas let me tell you yeah, that's where all the good. That's where all your clients are. <laughs> uh, well, they are, and then they aren't after a bit. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after the intro, they're not. Then they're very there. intense, like one minute discussion. <laughs> uh, so they're they're kind of infighting. They're aware of what's going on, um, but there is kind of a civil war that that's wait that's being waged while they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, it seemed doomed for them until one Oberith named Pazuzu came up with a plan. That's uh, a great name. I think that's from like yeah. Ghostbusters or something, isn't it? Could be. I don't know. It's. I mean, I've seen Ghostbusters several times, but I don't remember. I remember Zool, you know, the big guy, but uh, I don't remember Slimer's real name because he has one. But I don't know if they even mention it in the, sh- the movie. It might be like a comic thing. Uh uh, okay, no, sorry. It's again I, another thing, just dumb trivia that I had heard. Pazuzu is from the ancient Mesopotamian religion and was king of the demons of the wind. Oh, there you go. And this yeah. guy is going to become a pretty powerful demon eventually. So, okay. Uh, Pazuzu convinced the remaining Oberus to cooperate, and together they pooled their evil, chaotic energies into a focus, a single crystal that formed into a shard, an object powerful enough to pierce the barriers between realities. So Pazuzu was like, hey, ship's sinking. We need to get off. Let's everybody dump the entirety of ourselves, our souls, our existence into this crystal I have. And then we can use the power in that crystal to jump ship, essentially. Is that not just like punching through to another ship through the hull of your ship, though? (laughs) I guess. Maybe it's like... (laughs) We're going to put this, uh, all our focus into this crystal bullet, put this crystal bullet into a gun, then I'm going to fire us at that ship over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, guys, I have a question for you. Okay. How would you get beings who are only interested in destruction to cooperate? Let's say you had a room full of angry toddlers and you needed to get them to cooperate on something. How would you go about it? Well, with toddlers, you would bribe them with uh, playtime or candies. Okay. And James? 
Um, What's your parenting for approach? toddlers to get them to do something, you either tell them what to do and start counting down, and the <laughs> sense of urgency actually makes them want to do it. And I only know this because I see uh, a 25-year-old streamer, uh, his girlfriend uses this tactic on him all the time, and he's an absolute man-child. Uh, <laughs> Pazuzu hands on his hips or claws on his hips, counting uh, down from yeah. five. You mean duck bills on his yeah. hips? <laughs> oh, excuse me, yes. <laughs> counting down from five. <laughs> yeah, you turn into like a competition, less scoldingly, like more like, uh, oh, I bet you can't do all the dishes before five o'clock. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I do have a second guess here. Okay. Um, if he gave the demons a shared target to destroy, more shit, more bulls and more china shops than you've ever seen, boys. Like, we're just as long as we use this crystal to pierce through reality itself. I mean, you're you're right, but that's I mean that's also kind of your first answer. That's what he bribed them with, right? Is he okay? He bribed them with, uh, hey, you know, on the other side of that cooperation, there's going to be a whole lot more destruction. And they're like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Well, at least they're like not so chaotic that they can actually kind of plan a little bit right it's not just all it's they're not just completely reckless yeah they're not reckless all the time uh and they do respect power so the stronger ones do tend to rule over the the lower ones yeah we'll get into the princes of demons in a bit but uh they do have kind of princes and they have kind of a social hierarchy uh up to a certain level it's more just their end goals rather than their behavior but their end goals do kind of influence their behavior a little bit intelligent is what i'm is what i'm understanding they're not just like the forces of chaos or anything like that they're they're actual things they they can be they can be incredibly intelligent actually like they can they can have very high intelligence stats which in game translates to being very smart okay um so after pushing past the confines of their cosmos, the shard would serve as an entryway, a seed of evil that they could use to corrupt the most powerful entities in this realm before coming through themselves while leaving their own dying world behind. Once they bent their pawns to their will, they could finally reshape this new reality in their own unimaginable image. I like to picture this as Pazuzu's, you know, uh, sales pitch as he's standing in the used car lot and everybody's, you know, ripping out the leather and, <laughs> and pissing on the door handles. Uh, he's just kind of saying this. Uh, So they signed up in droves, lining up to dump their power into the crystal, though they probably should have expected, you know, some level of treachery. He got them to queue up as well. This guy's great. (laughs) Only the strongest Oberynths survived powering the crystal. Most of them, once they'd removed their finger from the dike of their soul, found they couldn't stop the flow, right? Uh, Uh, So they they just kind of pour themselves into this crystal, and it's like... uh, agar.io where you're you know a small circle at first and you're eating smaller circles but also avoiding the bigger circles um and they they managed to you know they they jump in there and the bigger circles ended up getting a lot of the the smaller circles okay um an untold number of oberths were consumed by the crystal though all of them needed to put themselves into the crystal the weak were quickly devoured in inside Uh, they didn't figure this out as this process was happening well, you know, or did it all kind of happen at once? I mean, they couldn't really talk to the creatures in the crystal. It was just like, hey, like jump in the crystal. The guy in front of them jumps in, and it's like crystal's still there. Like they don't see. They're not okay. watching the. They're not watching the stream of like the big circles eating the little circles, being like, hey, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I said they queued up. I mean, that's uh, we could call that lore boys canon. It could be that it was just like one ritual that happened all at once, and then it was kind of just like yeah. a feeding frenzy in there for a bit. Someone go get a shitload of dimes to get through the little the, 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 the toll gate in the exactly. middle of the desert. 
Uh, so the surviving strongest Oberoths pushed the crystals through reality and emerged into the known universe, our known universe. Uh, though once there, they had no way to free themselves from the crystal. And so they waited. Eons passed as the waiting Oberoth slowly died out until a friendly little fella named Thariz Dune found them. Thariz Dune was what was called an interloper god, and he was pretty hell-bent on gaining power. He sensed a tremendous amount of energy within this crystal. Perhaps he even heard Eldritch whisperings from the Oberoth trapped within. Okay. So he grabbed, he grabbed it. He seized the crystal, and he triggered the trap. No. Thyrus Dune found his mind and spirit open to the Oberoths trapped in their dying darkness. The link to those foul beings corrupted him in an instant, driving the deity to madness. Wrapped up in a net full of dried leaves hanging from a tree, just like, damn you! <laughs> dried, dried, leaves and, dried leaves and duckbills. And, and one pie. <laughs> dried leaves and duckbills, I like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so he triggers his trap, hanging upside down in the tree, he finds his mind and spirit opened uh, to them and is just like, wow, this is a lot of fucked up stuff that I can't handle. Again, this is kind of that comparison to the to the Eldritch gods, but at the same time, or the, the Lovecraftian gods, but at the same time, this is like a ton of them all focused and they kind of built this crystal as a trap. This was their plan all along. So it's hard to tell if it was just their presence or if they kind of set it up like this. Yeah, I mean, the fact that there's intent behind it and intent we can even understand because these things already have a history is very not Cthulhu because otherwise he would have just, you know, one, he would, would have been like some Victorian era guy <laughs> who like discovered it instead of a trickster right, god. What a lovely walk across the, the infinite cosmos today we're having, yeah. you say? <laughs> no, what's this on the ground? A crystal. Hmm, I should take a look at it, I, Up I in the say. tree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the Oberus had a demand for their newfound mad puppet. Uh, take what they'd been working on and plant it. That was always the plan, right? The Oberus demanded he place the shard they had come here on in the astral plane or the astral sea, as it is sometimes called. You Promise guys have an astral plane or equivalent in this dimension. Uh, it's what you have to take <laughs> us to. <laughs> yeah. uh, they promised him total reign over it if they served him faithfully. Uh, why would they choose the astral plane? Because it was pervasive. Uh, the astral sea could be reached from almost any point in a prime material plane or first layer of any outer plane. So it's basically touching everything but the outer planes uh, at all times. People go when they dream. Is Do you go to the astral plane? Is there something like that in this lore? Uh, you can travel the astral plane. There's an entire race of of people which are like space goblins uh, who, okay. who, live, <laughs> who live in the astral sea. They're called the Githyanki and the Githsarai. They're Again, good and evil versions of the same race. Right. Um, but they they were slaves for a long time. We talked about them. They were slaves to the Illithid in our Kentucky Flayed uh, chicken. Uh, right. <laughs> Kentucky yeah, Flayed yeah. Yankee sounded really familiar to me. Yeah, they, they were the slaves to the Illithid for a long, long time. When they escaped, they started to just roam the Astral Sea. Uh, right. There's also these things called astral dragons, which are just like beings of immense power, which kind of just float through this. It's this big empty void space that can be used to traverse the world very quickly because it touches all points of the material plane uh, and kind of time and space are meaningless once you're inside it. Um, okay, cool. But that's why the, the Oberynth wanted to be planted there was because from there they could kind of stage an assault on everything, right? Right. Uh, so from the manual of planes of the plane, manual of the planes, excuse me, uh, there's an excerpt that says it is the space between everything. It is the road that goes everywhere. It is where you are when you aren't anywhere else. I see. Okay. Which I thought was nice and poignant. 
Uh, unexpected, unexpected to the Oberons, though, uh, even the mad god knew that this plan was too crazy to work. <laughs> uh, he knew, uh, Thyrus Dune knew that the other beings of the cosmos would, as soon as this thing was planted in the Astral Sea, be like, nope, that's fucked up. You can't plant stuff there, dude. Uh, they, <laughs> so he was like, they're all gonna, they're gonna gang up on us. They're gonna destroy us. Um, and I'm never gonna get that power that I was promised. I don't know what will happen with the seed, but I know that the power that they're promising me won't come to fruition if I plant it there because I will die before that time. Now, they're not unkillable, right? Like, were the, like, all the races of the world to go to war against the Oberons in the in the astral plane, they could theoretically win, right? Like, they're killable? Uh, I mean, they're still trapped in a crystal, so... Oh, uh, okay. Yes, Just abs- unplug it from the wall, and then they're just like, whoa, thank glad we avoided that. No, uh, uh, plenty of things aren't killable in the traditional sense, but at least containable. So, okay. you know, even if they escape from their crystal... There's probably enough gods out there to say, like, we're going to put you back in your crystal and you're not going to have a way out, you know, and then we're going to put you in our our god uh, footlocker with my stinky gym socks and you're never going to get out. Okay, essentially. Yeah. But like imps and demons and stuff, like banishing is usually what you hear is what happens, I feel like. Yeah. So um, banishing in in D&D, there's a spell called banishment, which is a relatively low level spell, which um, if I cast it on you, Jamie, for one minute you would be trapped in this this other plane, essentially, and you'd be unable to act and, and do anything, but just for a minute. But right. if I cast it on Peter, who is actually from the Nine Hells, he would be permanently banished to the Nine Hells because he's originally from there. Uh, okay. So ah. uh, you, you, do a re- you do go back to your original plane. Banishment for these things, who knows how it would work because they're not originally from the cosmos at all, right? They're not from any of the planes. Right. So um, I don't, truthfully know what would happen in world of warcraft would you use banish to like do the same thing where you like for a minute they're gone but you use like different if there's three demons coming at you you'll get your warlocks to use three different ranks so they all pop out at a different time different times. <laughs> so you never have to fight them all at once yeah so this one's oh, 30 seconds or 45 ones a minute yeah in dnd if you do it at different yeah. ranks you just get to banish more creatures at once okay 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 cool uh so Tharizdun, knowing that this plan was crazy, he says, I'm crazy. I know crazy. This plan is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so he t- crystal in hand, he flees to the far corners of the cosmos and planted the seed into a churning expanse of primordial chaos, a realm of fallen primordials he hoped to make his own. So he's so they're like, plant us in the astral sea. He's like, I got a better place to plant you. And he goes and finds the bed of chaos and just, you know, jabs his dagger in there. Jeez, crazy solution to a crazy plan. Because if <laughs> exactly, you wanted, yeah. if you wanted to just like, no, 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 I don't want you guys to be out of control or anything. No, no. He, and then he takes it to the bed of chaos. He was fine with them being out of control because they promised him power. He was right. worried about the other gods finding out too too soon before he got his taste of it. So he's okay, like, right. I'm going to go somewhere hidden where we can kind of work on our power. You guys won't be able to infect everything all at once, which is your problem, not my problem. Yeah. But I'm going to get the power that you promised me. And then the gods won't find out right away and immediately kill me. He's hiding the porn in his treehouse instead of like on the kitchen table, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, these chaotic demons are like, yeah, just hide, just hide it in a shoebox on the table. Nobody will open the shoebox. And it's like, <laughs> what if somebody opens the shoebox? That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to hide it in my treehouse. Um, so evil, unlike the realm had ever seen, erupted from the chaos where the shard was submerged. The Oberus influence exploded as black flame across that churning space. The abyss had been conceived. 
So okay, the abyss in in real terms is one of the outer planes uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, and this is its creation essentially is jamming this shard into the primordial chaos. It splits the primordial chaos into the primordial chaos and the abyss. Two okay. di- two different planes in D anD. d um, and the abyss is where all demons come from in, in actual terms. The nine hells is where, um, the devils live. Uh, the abyss is split into a bunch of different kind of like subsections of that plane. So there's Hades is technically part of the abyss and it's, uh, the demons realm, not the devils' realm. Um, but it does connect to the nine hells, uh, via the river Styx. Um, okay interesting all very cool things which i would love to get to get into on a future episode so somebody should pop into our discord and lore requests and ask for more of this lore and then i can talk about it some more right if you just suggest my ideas back to me that's the best way to get the show rolling (laughs) honestly (laughs) Uh, because i I was gonna follow up and say maybe i'll do it anyway so Uh, (laughs) um so with no choice but to press on the handful of remaining oberis allowed themselves to be drawn through the vortex outside of the like through the crystal from their original home uh, to this new plane, and their original home was consumed and completely destroyed in their absence. So there's no going back now. Okay. You know? They landed on the shores and they burned all their ships. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most powerful of their kind rose to demon lord levels of power, while the lesser among them were absorbed into the swirling corruption. So again, more of them kind of lost in this chaotic maelstrom of of stronger demons seizing power are just like sucking the souls out of smaller demons. Smaller demons, some smaller demons definitely escape. They're not all equivalent power, but, uh, you know, focusing the, the weakest ones and the, you know, focusing the Melvins and the the spikes get out while the Johnnies are all like, you know, flexing on the little guys. Right. Um, the Johnnies and the Melvins. Yeah, <laughs> Ethan's re- remaking the meme. <laughs> it's, uh, those are Magic the Gathering terms. It's like... Oh, I see. There's, there's archetypes for people you meet at magic the gathering tournaments and like melvin's oh, johnny spikes Vorthoses are all different <laughs> archetypes. <laughs> i'm not sure if i'm getting them right but i know they are all are it's like a meme in the magic the gathering uh, community uh so it seemed for a moment as though the orbits had won their new realm to restart their destruction in and on top of that they had a powerful servant to do their bidding there is dune right the first wrinkle in their plan would appear almost instantly for all the power they gave Thera's Dune, he was able to resist their influence, probably using their own power, and he pretty much immediately mutinies. He's like, you know what? I let you guys out. You guys gave me the power. We're good. I'm done. Not doing your bidding anymore. Created two astral, two new like astral kingdoms. That was fucked up. Didn't see that coming, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you anymore. Yeah. Uh, so eons would pass as the Oberus battled against a merciless entity of unpredictably vast strength and power over the shard itself. So there's still a tremendous amount of power in the shard and they're all kind of fighting over it. They're like, if we can... Okay. It, I guess there's probably still some Oberith souls in there. Like, it hasn't been fully drained. And they're like, Tyrus Dune's like, if I could get my hands on that, I could drain the rest of them. All the Oberiths are like, if we get our hands on that, we could drain the rest of them. Right. Uh, uh, nobody wants to work together. Everybody's crazy. They could be cra- They could be very smart, but they're also pretty, pretty unstable. Uh so there's kind of this just, just like millennia of fighting over this thing. And this is all out in like deep dimensional space too. So this isn't really affecting humans and elves and dwarves and shit, right? There's no humans yet. There's oh, this, it's true. It's also like a quintillion years ago yeah, or something, right? Before okay. before mortal life existed, uh, right. there are gods at this point. 
uh, who are kind of like setting the stage for their own like powers and stuff. And, you know, certain gods will create certain races, uh, much like in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, but they're all just kind of like setting the stage. But to your point, none of them really know what's going on in primordial chaos here. They're all just like, right. you know, a, there was this interloper god, Theris Dune. He disappeared. Whatever. Like the universe is a big place. I'm not going looking for him. The guy was a dick anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the shard, the start of evil, uh, piercing the primal chaos, was said to have been the catalyst for demonic life. So again, this is kind of what brings demons into into the fore. Um, and Thar's Dune, using the power given to him by the Oberis, called calls forth wave after wave of howling suicidal demons to battle the Oberis. So Thar's Dune has this power to call forth demons, just like drawing them from the primordial muck, uh, and that's kind of why they're all. You know, every every demon is unique. You know, they're they're all individuals, uh, and it's it's because they're all. <laughs> That's just... what he tells them before oh. sending them to their deaths as martyrs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so sweet. It's like they're like snowflakes falling to the ground and melting away. <laughs> Wait, demons are liberals? Liberals are demons? Oh my god! We blew this whole thing wide open. <laughs> We're back to the swamp, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, he's just kind of like like. He grabs a handful of mud, he throws it at the wall, and whatever shape it makes, that's the shape of the demon that it produces. And he's like, uh, congratulations on being born. Here's your here's your rifle, here's your helmet, uh, here's a pack of smokes, now go to war. <laughs> <laughs> Rolls it up in his sleeve, just like put the smokes on the shoulder there, and just like, get going, kid. Yeah. Uh, the Oberus find his assault pretty, pretty, I won't say overwhelming, but quite whelming. I would call uh, it overwhelming with over, a Y in oh, there. Very good. Very good. Uh, so only through cooperation, so they do manage to cooperate for a bit, uh, did a small handful of the remaining original Oberus survive, forcing the endless battles to cease so both sides could withdraw and plot the other's destruction. Again, okay. in today's date, there's 12 known surviving. There was, you know, probably a few more than that. There's probably been a few that have died since a quintillion years ago or, or however long ago it was. But... Um, most of them were killed out by Thar's Dune himself as he just kind of rampaged around and, and flung demons at, at Oberus. As the Abyss settled, however, I mean, as much as the Abyss of born out of primordial chaos can settle, yeah. uh, <laughs> a new threat to the Oberus emerged. For indeed, the ignorance of the wider multiverse was fading and the others were beginning to notice their presence. Somebody, somebody was like, hey, what's a... Uh, going on over at Thar's Dune's house? Yeah, like, has there been a war in his treehouse for 10,000 years? Yeah. <laughs> hey, is anybody else's porn missing? <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning well, of the like universe. He's, been, he's like powering his demon army by like throwing porn at the wall and then whatever comes out <laughs> is just like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so these other powers in the universe... The gods themselves and otherwise uh, begin to notice something going on. The shard of evil that the Oberyns um, made uh, had been made as a trap originally and didn't really stop doing its its trap business. Uh, it continued to whisper promises of power and dominion, almost as though I, it's either the Oberyns still inside it are. Like, hey, we see our way out, and that's by whispering to someone just like the Pazuzu and the Stronger Ones did. Or it, it was like an, a like a latent spell that was cast on the crystal that was like, it's always going to whisper 
you know, will make your, uh, your uh, sperm more virile and, you know, will make, give you a bigger house if you just like pick up the crystal and like rub it on your face a little bit, you know, more turnips. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it's whispering these things and the first primordial entities of the primordial chaos begin to enter the newborn abyss. So, um, primordial entities, uh, you know, beings of pure fire, pure dark, pure okay. lightning, pure whatever. All these just like forces of nature, which had been living in the primordial chaos for a long time, destroying each other, being reborn because they're latent forces of of the universe. Like you can't destroy fire uh, throughout the universe. You can put out a fire, but you can't destroy the, the idea of fire in the universe. Right. Yeah. Um, I've tried. <laughs> yeah. Believe me. Yeah. Uh, so they start showing up. They're like, what's this? You know, there's the abyss here and it keeps whispering to us that it's going to give us more power. So they, they start showing up as well, kind of throwing this further chaos into the temporary piece of the abyss. Uh, they explored the shattered, desolated and other utterly corrupted realms, unconcerned for morality because they're forces of nature. Yeah, they're, coming, they're probably unaligned, right? Are they true neutral where they just like wander through? They're true, true. They're chaotic neutral, right? Okay. They would be. Uh, probably some of them are, are probably chaotic evil in the fact that like fire probably just wants to destroy. Much yeah. Like demons. Okay. Yeah. Um, but definitely chaotic, like full, okay. chaos, full chaos, full on the right of the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, they come across the Abyssian Ocean, a multi-layered aquatic dimension connecting all the seas and oceans of the abyss. Floating in its shallows was the shard, beckoning one strong enough to claim it to step forth and do so. As countless forces fought for it, one named Obex Ob, which is a great name, <laughs> a demon lord of decay, approached the shard unseen and claimed it for its own. So everybody's like, it promises strength. We're going to need strength to claim it. And they all start fighting over it. Obex Ob is like, I'm one of the smart demons. I'm just going to walk up and grab it while you guys are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so Obex Ob is the first prince of demons because he's the first one to take full control of the shard. Okay. Uh, however, even with his newfound power, he was enthralled by the abyss's will. He was not yet the master of that power, and he found its drive to be planted in the astral sea, ever-present and stifling. So he picks up the shard, and just like uh, the last god to do so, it's telling him, "Put plant me in the astral sea. Plant me in the astral sea, and all this power will be yours. Um, Excuse me, yeah, because that was its original plan. It, yeah. it wanted to go to a different plane, but uh, Theris Dune was just like, nah, yeah. guys, that's crazy. Yeah. Tyrus Dune okay. had a, had a sense of self preservation that overrode right. the shards. The because sh- Tyrus Dune was a god, yeah. Um, Obixab was just a demon, so okay. he wasn't able to. His self preservation wasn't able to override that that sense of um, plant me in the astral sea and let's just right. fucking see what happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so, um, sorry, I, I scrolled crazy there for a second. Mighty primordials. Uh, all realized, hey, he's got the shard. Um, just just some name dropping that uh, might not mean much to you guys, but might mean something to people at home. Bahamut, uh, or Baphomet, Baphomet uh, Orcus, and Demogorgon are all rep- reported by some sources to be primordials originally before they became demons and devils 
corrupted by this this um, shard. Okay. Attacks attack Obixob before he could reach the astral plane, flinging him and the shard into the vortex from which the abyss had been spawned. So the shard was planted, and a vortex was created from which the Oberiths came through from their original dimension. Right, and it destroyed their original dimension. That vortex never really went away. If you think of it as the Abyssian Sea, it's kind of like a, the Marianas Trench at the bottom of the abyss. Okay, you know, so there, there's kind of just this like swirling darkness at the bottom of this chaotic nothingness, and it doesn't go away when you take the actual what would be like the power source out, being the actual crystal itself. It's it's a permanent fixture there. It's it's permanent. It's permanent damage like on the dimension. Yeah, so I like I like to think that it's the that that next dimension where the Oberus came from, where everything was was utterly annihilated, and it's just blackness. Yeah. Like that was just tacked on the back of this this outer plane, essentially. So there's kind of this like entire universe of pure nothingness at the end of this this outer plane, essentially. Okay. It's like plugging it's like plugging it to like to a vacuum basically to prevent like everything being being sucked back out or whatever. Yeah. And it, it had been it had been kind of sealed by this this swirling vortex that kind of just held all the energy in check. But these these mighty primordials take Obixob and trying to get the crystal end up throwing him through that vortex and shattering okay. that uh, and shattering, I mean, the hold on those those powers. So it creates a deep fissure into which the Abyssian Ocean drains out in a boiling storm. That fissure eventually becomes known as the Grand Abyss. Uh, the Primordials turned Demon Lords dove after the shard, but doing so proved to be too eerie for even them to continue. Even after they chased after its promises of power, they felt their own power waning as they kind of swim into this avoid. They're swimming down into the Marianas Trench. Uh, the whispers suddenly going silent the deeper they chased it. Okay. They need James Cameron's help, clearly. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> uh, so they quickly retreated. Uh, there's one powerful primordial known as Garash who slips past them, hoping to claim the shard he's never seen again. That's Dis- really cool. That's very scary. Disappears into the blackness and all these other all powerful. So I, I mentioned Baphomet, Orcus, and Demogorgon. Those are all gods in like evil gods in D and D now. Yeah, and these are kind of the, their humble beginnings, if you will. And these people who would become gods are like, yeah, that's too fucked up for me. Like I'm not <laughs> fucking with that. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since but I that- thought I knew evil. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It turns out evil is uh, absolute silence. Uh, (laughs) that's why we never shut up (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's why i can't stop talking i'm sure i'm doing i'm doing good in the world uh so since that day the demon lords feared the notion of searching for the shard through the grand abyss even as the seed burrowed ever deeper into the primordial foundations of chaos for a time in an age before ages still long before the advent of mortal life the abyss knew some form of what could relatively intensively be called peace uh, you know, a uh, constant fighting, obviously, but not constant destruction per se. Uh, yeah. the, the Oberus were content, in a sense, to war amongst themselves. There's, you know, 20, 30, 30 left, and they're like, we're going to fight amongst ourselves. There's nothing left. To f- There's no more MacGuffin. So, you know, the, the primordial lords and the gods of the realm are kind of just like, you know what? Like, you guys are fine fighting each other at the edge of the universe. We don't really care. We might be better off without that whispering crystal, frankly. That seemed to have caused a lot of trouble when it showed up. Yeah, exactly. 
more more just name jobs for the for the fans who might know the names over us like Kabiri, Beckard, who you guys know, Pazuzu, Pazuzu, who you guys know, Ubathar, and other croaking and cackling lords required a constant supply of various servitor races to serve them serve them in their forces and at their feasts. Uh, so okay. A lot of them, uh, especially uh, Beckard, is pretty sycophantic, where he'll host these grand balls and he'll be like, "I summon these demons from the primordial muck." You know, I throw spaghetti at the wall, and whatever whatever drips <laughs> off is going to serve me my spaghetti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like twisting it off itself onto a plate, like onto a dish. <laughs> uh, so foul surgeries. Uh, there's there's some life in the universe at this point, clearly, because. Apparently, they're conducting, like, fucked up surgeries on people to make life forms in the Oberith image. Um, but it's not intelligent mortal races as we know them. If they are a precursor forerunner situation that has gone extinct and we don't know about, that's possible. Okay. Or, or it's just, yeah. like, dinosaurs that they're experimenting on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened to the dinosaurs. They're extinct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's there's these things called Sibriex uh, breeding pits, which are just, like these giant open pits of writhing innovations of horror, essentially just like put a bunch of, put a bunch of stem cells in a bucket and, and see what, see what falls out. Just ladle out some stem cells into that, into that mold. It's, yeah, like, exactly. it's like, it, it, it's like a cookie cutter is, or it's like a cookie cutter, like kind of in the shape of a gingerbread man. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, I don't know what's going to come out of this. It's a gingerbread like a man with a duck bill. Gingerbread man with a duck bill. Uh, so the deeper layers of the abyss were too hostile, even for entities such as the Oberiths. Uh, and while they did plumb those places carefully, they could seldom, seldom stay long before needing to return to their homes, if not due to inhospitality, then to their continue, then to continue their conflicts with one another. Uh, so they can kind of head down to the Grand Abyss for a bit. They can survive maybe longer than most, but they can't survive indefinitely down there. Uh, the Grand Abyss being created by the crystal is kind of like, it's of them, so they can get further down. Again, maybe not as far down as James Cameron, but like f- further down than any of the primordials. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, while some decided to delve into the darker regions of the Abyss in an attempt to make those layers their own, the majority of the demons clustered on the first layer, known as the Plane of Infinite Portals. And this is a place that if you're going to, if you're playing in a D&D campaign and you're trying to get to where demons live, you go to the plane of infinite portals first. That's that's where you end up, essentially. Nightmare to navigate. Siri goes fucking ballistic. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, Google Maps is not that bad. Apple Maps, though, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, the Oberus made massive iron citadels, might, mighty fortresses of bizarre architectural design that crowded Pazunia's barren landscape. You can guess where that name comes from. Yep. As time goes on, portals to deeper layers had formed on its surface, and the Oberus situated their citadels on the rims of these chasms. Um, So the Plane of a Thousand Portals is just riddled. It's it's chaos, so it kind of just opens randomly portals to other places, uh, essentially. Oh! And, And these big portals to kind of the big player planes uh, tend to open up, and the demons tend to kind of set up their the more powerful demons try to set up bases at the edge of those. So again, they can abduct dinosaurs to make sycophants for their dinner parties. Right. Right. They Who would that. do that. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Having a bunch of dinosaur butlers. Are you kidding me? Monkey butlers eat your hearts out. Like it doesn't even hold up. Uh, much like uh, humans with their spirit of exploration. Uh, some Oberus try to just burrow through the plane of infinite portals using using magic they're like we're just gonna see what happens if we dig you know like do we find more portals what uh it was pretty cataclysmic 
Their their exper- <laughs> their experiment oh resulted in the deaths of a dozen Oberith lords, uh, the quaking of the entire plane, and the seemingly infinite Grand Abyss uh, just widening a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So, like, maybe we shouldn't try and dig through this plane anymore. <laughs> yeah. You didn't look for what you didn't look for pipes before digging into your yard, dude. That was the bad. <laughs> that was the mistake. So the the pit itself to the Grand Abyss uh, is, is present in the plane of of. Um, a thousand portals. Uh, this pit had dozens of portals along its cliff faces, allowing for two-way travel, uh, which is which is rare. Most of these portals are just one way, uh, so okay. you go there. Or there's no easy way to get back, making them far more reliable than portals on the first layer. Great bridges, towers, and stone fortresses were constructed constructed that crisscrossed the crevasse and hugged its walls, allowing for movement between areas of relatively similar elevation. So, picture this. The Grand Abyss, this Marianas Trench that leads down to nowhere with all these portals kind of glowing on the side. And they've they've just built these like bridges to and fro kind of crisscrossing down it, spider webbing down it, if you will. Okay. Well, to keep themselves safe after their last industrial accident, basically, they've <laughs> exactly. got they put up like scaffolding. Yeah. Uh, so the Arborists had come to some kind of agreement on how the Grand Abyss could be used and installed intricate doors and portcullises to allow or halt entry. So they found ways to close portals because, again, there are two ways. Uh, most of the demonic activity was situated on the on this plane of infinite portals for the Oberus knew that to control it was to control the entire abyss. Right. Meanwhile, the intrusion of primordials into the abyss had forced Thar's Dune's hand when they when they came to get the crystal. Yet he couldn't oppose them alone. He's like, I wanted the crystal. I and if you'll remember, he planted it here to try and gain control of the primordial forces, right? Yeah. Um so they show up and they're not listening to him and he doesn't really like that. So he's like, I got to try a little bit hard. His attempt. Is he so crazy with uh, yeah. now that the crystal's gone? Yeah, he's he's crazy forever. He's, okay. he's now in D&D canon, if we jump ahead, he's the god of madness, essentially. Um, I see. Okay. He will be imprisoned for all time for his crimes. Um, there's some pretty cool artwork of him as just kind of like, kind of like this Balrogy figure, this like, god of shadow and flame and just chained uh, eternally he's known as the chained god okay um but his attempt to press the forces of primordial chaos into slavery failed as a result of their combined power so instead the mad god marshals starts marshalling as many elementals as he can he's like if you know the the powerful elementals can oppose me i want to recruit weaker ones to fight their bosses essentially well his um like massive armies of just like the war of attrition of, of numbers worked last time. So obviously this would be his, his next strategy. <laughs> so uh, much like Greek mythos, the primordials had always had a problem with gods. Uh, and so he's, he has a pretty easy time swaying them by convincing them that if he could claim the power of the shard, he could uh, triumph over the astral sea and he would then deal with the gods for them. Right. Nobody like, he's like, Hey, I hate I hate gods as much as anybody. Um, only a few of his followers knew that he was a god, a deity, uh, and his deceit. Well, rallied. How did he manage to hide that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's just some guy who showed up in town one day, I guess. Maybe. Okay, yeah. Because the the demons aren't aren't gods; they're just forces. So if he can convince them he's a demon, then you know. Uh, so he he how managed... would a non god know a god? I guess right. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's a yeah. king to a god? What's a god to a non-believer? Uh, so he manages to rally some elementals and he's like, I'm taking the fight, not to the demons. Cause they're just going to fight each other. The Oberiths are just going to fight each other in chaos forever. I don't care about them. 
uh, he, I'm going to take the fight to the other gods. So this is the beginning of the Dawn War between the forces of law and chaos, um, which again, I would love to do a whole episode on. Um, but we don't have time for that today. So while everyone was picking sides and lines were being drawn, there was another figure in all this who would, who would be a central figure in the Dawn War. Uh, she's known as the Queen of Chaos, and she would make a discovery that would change the shape of this conflict. Uh, the Queen of Chaos is said by some to have originated from the ever-changing changing chaos of Limbo, one of the realms of the Abyss. Okay. Um, other people said that she was just the most powerful Oberinth, uh, Oberith, excuse me, who emerged from this all to kind of meddle with the gods and, and stop fighting with her kin. Um, others say that she's just an elder evil. She's like the oldest incarnation of evil that has existed, a Yugoloth, something, something to that extent. Whatever she was, she discovered something that possibly no other Oberith had at the time, uh, that life had begun on the material plane. So we have the mortal races. And that's... Oh! A surprisingly powerful weapon, even in the War of the Gods. But that's interesting. She's she was like a like around for so long and so like prevalent that she's like the Charles Darwin that discovered evolution. And since she's like a primordial evil, she she's figuring out like, oh wait a second. Yeah, I could see. I got to use for all these different finches. Exactly. I, I can see where <laughs> she, she, she discovered finches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the Galapagos tortoise, which is a combination <laughs> of a turtle and a rock. I think we said. Or no, a it's a rock and a rock? snake. I yeah. Think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the episode. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I had a blast researching it. If you'd like to hear more, just let me know. Uh, if you want to hear something else, head to our Discord, loreboys.com slash about. We'll give you all our contact info, including our Twitter. If you try and contact us on Twitter, there's a good chance we don't see it because we don't use Twitter as much as we should, but facts of life, huh, folks? Patreon.com slash the loreboys. If you want to support the show financially, it would mean the world to us, and we promise to give to try and give you guys priority uh, when doing these things, and if you post it on Patreon, we'll feel more more beholden to you. Uh, yeah. Do you guys, uh, Jamie, do you have anything you want to talk about? Plug? Share? So there's just, there's a search engine called google.com, and you can mm-hmm. find anything you need just by typing in the search bar. It's pretty crazy. Check it out. Check Check it out. Check it out. Stay away from that. That sounds dangerous. I want to cast out Google. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't trust that. <laughs> I use Duckbill Duck Bill Go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's, right. A buddy of mine was using that when he was like paranoid about conspiracies and shit. Duck, Duck Go is like advertised as being built on Chrome. It's still a Google product. Like it's <laughs> not yeah. different. You can, use, you can try and use Bing, but that's made by Duck Bill Gates, I think. <laughs> uh, that is true. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Peter, <laughs> anything you want to share with the listeners at home before we go? At Lore Boys Podcast uh, on Instagram. Uh, check out my publisher, Squared Idea. Um, I don't know what when anything's coming out, but uh, if you want to follow my non-Lore Boys work, that's where you can find that, as well as my many talented colleagues. Um, and then also tpublic.com slash the Lore Boys, because you can also support us financially by getting a mask with a gross sandwich on the front. It says Harlan Ellison's 12-inch steak and cheese for some reason. <laughs> if, that's, if that's the way you want to support the show regardless. But of course, the best way is always reviews, downloads, ratings, and ideas on Discord. Because, I mean, and we don't know all the, all the content, but if you suggest some of it to us, we'll get around to it. And telling your grandmother and just telling your friend. Word of mouth yeah, tell, is invaluable. Yeah, tell your grandma about about the lore boys. <laughs> wholesome. She, she would love us. Uh, yeah, we have very pinchable cheeks. Yeah. The three of us. I'll so. say. I'll say it one more time. Patreon.com/slash/loreboys uh, is always there as well. 
Um, and of course, we have Loreboys Prime, uh, which we've offered long before we ever offered uh, patron rewards. Um, we don't deliver on these ones either. Big spoiler alert. But this week, <laughs> we, we are offering. We've been hard at work. Uh, Pete's been busy uh, dynamiting ducks for their for their precious, precious bills. And uh, we're ready to sow them onto you. Uh, help you turn into a primordial force of destruction and chaos. Uh, for everybody who subscribes to Lore Boys Prime this week, that's twelve twenty two uh, per month. We'll sew a duck bill onto you. You will have to come to arrange to come to our apartments uh, in the the frozen north uh, at your own expense, of course. But uh, show up at our apartments. Uh, everybody who subscribes gets our addresses for free. Uh, and we will uh, do our best, do our gosh darndest to sew a duckbill onto you in a way that your immune system will not immediately reject it. Uh, yeah. Which does seem to be the trick because I, I did replace my hands with duckbills and uh, it's been going great. I typed the whole episode with just my duckbills. Well, I have a duckbill and a goosebill. It's surprisingly hard to find two duckbills, honestly, two matching duckbills. <laughs> uh, so I went with a goosebill for my, for my left hand. But uh, I don't know the the stitches where the stitches are. It's all like purple and swollen. So I don't know what's going on. But I think my body's being dumb about it, if you will. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've been taking Advil and it's not going away, but it doesn't hurt as much. So I think that's I think it's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose that constitutes it's a lower boys. Lower boys. boys. Bye. <laughs>my oh, name's yeah. ethan and i'm addicted to you but your loving is toxic my name's james and uh they say that cold showers in the morning are good for your circulation i just put an ice cube up my butt <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is peter and uh your toxic tongue slipping under ooh something something the rest of that song right 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 hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.